coming up. I think he got what he deserved. I mean, nobody should ever take another person's life. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. An Indianapolis man was recently sentenced for the 2018 murder of a friend. This is a portion of a poem written by the victim's son and read by his mother in court. I can't tell you, Daddy, how many tears I've cried since the day I was told my precious dad had died. This seems so impossible, although I know it's true, as everything I see around reminds me of you. I can still hear your laughter and see your smiling face. I have to close this letter now, but this is not goodbye, for you will forever be with me in my heart and mind. Tony Klein was shot and killed in April 2018, and White Shots has been convicted of his murder. Shots claimed that he killed Klein in self-defense. That claim was rejected by the jury. I don't think anybody will ever know the truth besides Tony and Dwight. I mean, everybody has a side to a story, and they're the only ones that know the full truth. I'm joined by Rich Nye, reporter at WTHR in Indianapolis. Rich, thanks for being here. Thank you, Will. Let's go back to when that 911 call came in, and I know you've been covering this case uh, since the beginning, but what what can you tell us about, first of all, the disappearance? Uh, This man was missing for almost a week, and then a 911 call came in. I started on this story on April 24th back in 2018 when Tony Klein, who was a 35-year-old father living in Greenwood, Indiana, which is a suburb to the south of Indianapolis, was reported missing from his family. He worked at a Lowe's store and never came home from work. And his family knew something had to be wrong, didn't think he would ever do anything like that and not report into someone. And so they suspected something was very wrong from the very beginning. And so I started covering this case as a missing person story. Uh, His truck was eventually discovered uh, parked in a parking lot of a church, which happened to be, oh, maybe a couple of football fields from the home where his body was eventually found. And so Tony Klein was missing for six days, and then Dwight Schatz made the 911 call. And I'm going to play some of that audio. Actually, it's pretty dramatic and pretty horrific when you think about what was going on. Here's some of that call. What's going on today? Uh, this is a rough one. Okay, I'm listening. I don't know how I'm going to explain it, but... Are you injured? Uh, there's a guy dead in my house. Okay, what happened? Uh, Did you guys get in an altercation, or what happened? Did you find him like that? No, it was an altercation, but okay. it was been a while back, and... Okay. I didn't know what to do. I panicked to put him in the tub, and now he's been in the tub, and now he stinks, and so I kind of Okay, know how long do. has he been in there? A week. Okay. And what happened? Did you shoot him, or what happened? Yes. Oh, you did shoot him. Okay. Are you going to be able to come out of the house? Because they're getting ready to pull I'm on in, scene there. They need to see what happened. So I'm can in, you I'm, come out? I'm in the... I'm in the... In the garage. You're in the garage. They're here right now. Okay, Dwight, can you walk out to them? But I need you to have your hands up. Can you put your hands up? I don't want to. Listen, Dwight, I know you don't want to, but you've got to walk out, okay? So I need you to approach the officers with your hands up. 
I know you're scared. I'm scared. I know you're scared. I need you to put your hands up so they know that you don't have a weapon on you. Can you do that, please? I'm too scared. Dwight, listen, I know you're scared. Follow their direction. Follow their direction. You can do it. I don't care. Okay. Dwight, put them up. They're up. Okay. So you hear that 911 call, and as it became clear over time, and even right away from that phone call, the victim had been inside this man's house for for days. Right. And smelled pretty bad, according to the 911 call. And apparently Dwight Schatz got to the point where he couldn't take the smell any longer, building upon the perhaps guilt of what he had done and trying to come to grips with that, uh, placed the 911 call. In fact, he had told someone else who also placed almost a simultaneous 911 call. uh, And that's how police were alerted to what had become of Tony Klein. And the backstory, as much as we know of it, is that these two were friends. They were fishing buddies. Dwight Schatz, for many years, had actually run a and managed a fishing pond in Indianapolis. It had closed down uh, sometime around 2015, I believe. But uh, he still loved to fish, and Dwight and Tony knew each other as fishing buddies. Apparently, Dwight had turned his house, according to the prosecution, into a drug house and was selling numerous drugs out of his house, illegal drugs, and told investigators that at the time of his arrest, he was making about $15,000 a year, or I'm sorry, check that, $15,000 a month selling marijuana out of his home. And we don't know exactly why Tony Klein was at Dwight's house that day and what may have been involved, but apparently some pills that Tony had were then sold by Dwight in the days after Tony's death. And so we don't know exactly the circumstances of what happened in the house and led to Tony Klein being shot. Uh, But Dwight Schatz admitted, or Dwight Schatz admitted that he shot Tony Klein. The evidence showed that he shot Tony Klein in the back of the head. Tony Klein uh, may have been there for some kind of illegal activity. We're not sure of that. But Dwight Schott says that he shot Tony Klein in self-defense. And that was his um, reason for going to trial, even though he had admitted to the shooting in that 911 call. A jury convicted Dwight Schatz last year. He was recently sentenced. Tell us about the trial, uh, that defense, that it was uh, self-defense, didn't didn't pan out for Dwight Schatz. The interesting thing here is that Dwight Schatz had a stroke several years ago. And while he's not confined to a wheelchair, uh, he does not get around very well. In fact, he was rolled in and out of the courtroom during his trial and sentencing from the jail to the courthouse and to the courtroom in a wheelchair. And so he doesn't have great mobility, but the evidence showed that he shot Tony Klein in the back of the head at close contact, 
Um, he claimed that he thought Tony Klein was trying to rob him. And we know that drugs were being sold out of the home. But as Tony Klein's wife told me after the sentencing, the only two people who will ever really know what happened are Tony and Dwight. And Dwight claimed self-defense, but we didn't get a lot of details about what happened or what he said happened in his house besides what you hear in the 911 call. And in the 911 call, Dwight Schatz never makes any reference to being robbed, never makes any reference to feeling threatened. He just says that there was an argument, an altercation between the two, and that's what led to him shooting Tony Klein. Rich, what can you tell us about Tony Klein? He left behind a family. Tony Klein uh, had two sons uh, with his wife. Um, and at the sentencing, his wife was the only one who testified. And in her victim impact statement, she referenced the difficulty that this has created for their family, the financial difficulty of not having the primary supporter of their family, but the difficulty that both sons have had uh, since their father's murder and coming to grips with that. They were, I think, in the ages of seven to 10, the two boys. Uh, they've had trouble at school with their schoolwork, uh, trouble at school. Uh, one boy had separation anxiety. The youngest son didn't want to go anywhere, didn't want to be away from his mom at all for any length of time. Uh, the older boy, um, threatened to harm himself, uh, even threatened to, and tried to set their house on fire. And so this has caused a lot of problems in their family. And the mother said at the sentencing hearing that the family is in a better place now and they're all doing much better. Uh, but this has been, this has been four years because of COVID and other issues this took a lot longer than even most trials take to come to the courthouse. And the first trial was actually set uh, sometime in November, I believe, and was delayed because someone had COVID that was close to the case. Uh, but it had been delayed many times because of COVID in general and that jury trials were not being held in Indianapolis because of the COVID-19 situation. So this took almost four years. In fact, white shots uh, out of that 55-year sentence, has already served almost four years in jail awaiting trial. Rich, I, I know that you've probably heard quite a few 911 calls in your line of work. This one just, uh, it, it boggles the mind to think that the victim was inside this man's house for a period of time. It is. And quite honestly, uh, not every murder necessarily gets covered in a city of our size. Uh, but from the day that the probable cause came out explaining that 911 call and that the body had been in a bathtub for a week. Uh, just the, the stunning uh, evidence and the nature of that uh, caught our attention and made this a case that I wanted to follow to its conclusion, uh, which, which finally came about. And though we had the transcription of that 911 call, I was never able to get a hold of that until after the trial. 
and listened to it for the first time in its entirety just about a week ago. And it is stunning. And you hear, um, this is not a cold-blooded killer, at least listening to the 911 call. Um, in fact, the judge even said at trial is that this appears to be uh, one good man who made a very bad mistake in killing another fairly good man. And while we've talked about the drug history uh, in that home, apparently, Dwight Schatz was also a very well-liked neighbor, uh, had lived in this neighborhood for 20 years, had uh, put off a big fireworks show that he spent up to thousands of dollars on of his own money uh, for several years for the whole neighborhood, who had a huge garden and shared food out of that garden with all of his neighbors. Uh, this is a crime that shocked his neighbors, and they were obviously horrified and stunned to learn that there was a dead body in the Dwight Schatz bathtub for almost a week. Rich Nye at WTHR in Indianapolis, thank you for spending the time and telling us about this case. We appreciate it. Sure, Will. Thank you. You've been listening to The Daily Crime, a podcast from Vault Studios. Be sure to check out our other podcasts, including Bardstown, The Officer's Wife, and our weekly show, True Crime Chronicles. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. 